Mrs. Jones. Mr. Jones. Saturday night. Saturday night. And I'm wearing a shirt and tie. You are, and I'm wearing pajamas. <laughs> well, that should even us out. We're not too formal, not too informal. Anybody could come over to our house and feel comfortable right now, no matter what they're wearing. Exactly. Yep. I love that. We mm-hmm. are such high producers that we live to give, even in our fashion. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, how was your week? Uh, it, was, it was a hard week. It was a hard week. Yeah. Yeah. We'll get to that in a second. Mm-hmm. Our kids okay. were on fall break? They were, yes. And... They go back to school on Monday. (laughs) (laughs) You were an awesome mom. You took them pottery painting. I did take them pottery painting. Talk to me about what it's like taking a seven and a five-year-old pottery painting. Well, um, When only one of them wants to go. Yes. Well, seven-year-old Abigail, um, she's quite uh, proficient on her own, except that she got things with like intricate little details in it, and then she wanted me to do that. Yeah. but otherwise, she did most of the painting on her own. Was pretty self sufficient. Tia, on the other old? hand, yes, not so much. It was a sort of a slap and slap and uh, dab kind of job. And then she would get frustrated and say, "Mommy, fix it, fix it." So really, I painted Tia's. I'm so glad I won rock paper scissors on that one. Yeah, um, we took them to school with us, which they just love. Yeah, they do. They love being there, being part of it. And then I introduced them to Charlie and the Chocolate Factory this week, mm-hmm. which they asked for again today. So that's awesome. I don't know that I've ever seen it. Maybe. You've got to read it first. Okay. Roll I'll, down. I'll do that in all my spare time. <laughs> <laughs> then we were teaching this week on school. We were teaching this week on school what we talked about on the podcast last week, how to be utterly awesome in everyday life. Right. How to handle humans. Mm-hmm. How to negotiate stuff how to build wealth in the kingdom yep how to be on time yep i love all that practical stuff it's very good stuff and then you spoke at emanate on morthoplexy i did tell me what morthoplexy is well it's essentially being a human doing instead of a human being that's very clever thank you <laughs> hmm. it's yeah it's basically just uh essentially i'm not really speaking on morthoplexy i'm speaking on how to live your life from a position of rest and what the benefits are, that sort of thing. When I hear your testimony, which I've heard... A couple of times now. And I love hearing your testimony. Mm. I am amazed how you never reach burnout. Burnout. I I never do or I never well, did? You never did. Mm. Or do you think you were just so dysfunctional? Like, were you... <laughs> I mean, I just, Thank I you, just, darling. you know, when, no, but I'm serious. Like the amount of stuff that you did, your homeless runs and your drama ministry and your singing on the worship team and then prophetic ministry and being on the ministry team and then holding down a job and, you know, all of this. I think the sad part for me is all of your doing was just your heart crying out for affirmation. Yeah. And also not being able, I didn't want to stop because if I stopped, I might actually have to think about the realities of my life, which I didn't think I could deal with. So I just well, thought if I'd go fast enough, hard enough, I wouldn't have to think about anything. Well, that makes me but sad. there's no healing in that. Okay. Do you want to know why I love your Martha Plexi message? Why? Because the first time I ever came to Toronto in 2002, before I ever met you, you were speaking at a conference at Toronto, and the afternoon session that you taught on was on Martha Plexi. 
you said, mm-hmm. hello, my name is AJ Mallet, and I'm a recovering marthoplectic. That's true. <laughs> and I remember thinking, that's very clever. And you had Toby Elliott wander around as a minstrel with her guitar and you made us all soak. And I thought that was the weirdest thing ever. <laughs> that's amazing. Yes, that's true. I did that. I know. Yeah. Before I fell in love with you, I knew you as a conference speaker. Well, you know. Then you just wanted to get in good with me after that. Is that what? Is that what happened? <laughs> no, you're going to say Behave yourself. <laughs> that came much later. Um, and then, so you taught in soaking, and we wrote an article on soaking that's up on the website that got released this week, mm-hmm. which is cool. Um, and then you made. Oh, so here's my new thing for the website. I can only imagine how frustrating it must be listening to our podcast when we talk about food at least every week i'm sorry i need to post these recipes you do so yes. i'm going to force you to because you already take the nice pictures I do. for instagram i do but you made a delicious paleo penang i did that mm. was so penang good curry, yep. it was very good what did you use instead of rice uh rice cauliflower when you say rice cauliflower what do you mean um stick cauliflower in a food processor until it looks about the size of rice and then you you can steam it or fry it or i mean it sort of depends on what you're it doing. was so good mm-hmm I had thirds. Ah, that explains it. I had a main portion, and then I said, can I have seconds? And you said, yes. And then you went upstairs, and I took advantage of that to have thirds. And I was going to have fourths, but you came down, and you wanted seconds, so I gave out of my... You're so sweet. I, you know what? I the love to you give, you just baby. gave me your fourths or thirds or fourths. <laughs> that's, that's lovely, darling. And then I guess the thing that <laughs> overshadowed our whole week was our friend Ben died this week. Yeah, Tuesday morning. But we're devoting the whole topic of this podcast to Ben, so we'll talk about him and his awesome life in a second. Yes. Um, We had a listener's question that I want to run through. It's from Laura. She said, could you talk about journaling? I hear people talk about journaling all the time and how awesome it is, but I'm never really sure what it consists of. Oh, cool. Go for it, baby. I can tell you. If you Google Mark Verkler, B-I-R-K-L-E-R, or don't even bother Googling, just look in the show notes and I'll post a link to his website. Mark wrote this incredible teaching, I don't know how many years ago, about the four keys to hearing God's voice. And the four keys are, you quiet yourself down, so get in a quiet place. You fix your eyes on Jesus, so you want to look for vision as you pray. You Number three, you want to tune to spontaneity, recognize that God speaks in a spontaneous flow. And then number four, you want to write it down. Now, I'm sorry I said that so quickly. You want to read this article. It's all from Habakkuk 2. It's an awesome practice that I learned, I don't know how many years ago, and have been doing almost every day. But basically, journaling is when you sit down and you write out your prayers to the Lord. Hey, Lord, I'm here today. I'm just wondering what today has in store for me. I'm just wondering if you want to say anything to me. And then you pause and you listen to what the Lord says to you, and you write down what the Lord is saying to you. And then you just go back and forth. That, for me, is two-way journaling. So when you've heard us talk about journaling, I'm literally talking about sitting down and writing out a flow of thoughts to the Lord and then writing out the flow of thoughts that he responds back. Most of the book of Psalms is two-way journaling. A lot of the bo- the prophetic books is two-way journaling. The book of Revelation is pretty much a recording of a revelation that John the Beloved had. So in essence, that is what journaling is about. If you were to come on the School of Supernatural Life, the very first thing we teach you, day one, is how to hear the voice of God and how to journal. And uh, it's an amazing teaching. We're very grateful for Mark for giving us that teaching. 
But anyway, check the show notes for more information about journaling. So AJ Jones, let's talk about Ben Farley. For those of you who never had the privilege of meeting Ben, um, Ben was a young man who had a seven-year battle with what turned out to be the rarest form of cancer that has ever been diagnosed in America. Yes. I don't know why I say that so cheerily. Like he won an award for that, but that was the truth. A seven-year battle with cancer. And he died this week on Tuesday. We just had his uh, funeral today. So we're feeling a little bit raw and a little bit heavy-hearted. It's amazing how well, we found out on Tuesday. Mm-hmm. And I, for me, just put my head down because I thought, I literally don't have any time to process any of this with all the commitments we've got for this week. I think I'm just going to push through till I get to the funeral and then I'll grieve. But it's amazing how grief doesn't fall into line with your schedule. Mm, No, strange. It hasn't Mm. been very compliant. So Mm -hmm. I came home and I'm like, and now I will grieve. I guess nothing's happening. So maybe grief will hit me tomorrow. I don't know. But that's not to say I haven't been grieving, but... I you did cry several times going through your presentation. This I morning. did. Preparing okay. a funeral was hard, and Especially so every for ben. every time I read it, I would start crying. But I don't think I'm as in touch with my feelings and my heart as I will probably be. But for those people who don't know Ben, young man loves Jesus. Give me five words to describe Ben Farley, AJ Jones, oh. starting with number one. Uh, he's a character. That's four words. Oh, uh, integrous. Integrous, good. Next one. Funny. Yes. Um, genius. He's a genius? Mm-hmm. Okay. Well, he was always quick off the, you know, with the he comments was? and all that kind of stuff. Um, party animal. I know that's two, but. I'll hyphenate it and get, you, let it slide under you, one. You, you, let me, you let me have it. Um. Uh, lover of Jesus. Okay, well now okay. you've just Come flagrantly on, you disregarding the rules. Lover hyphen of hyphen <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> Absolutely, yeah. I could hashtag it and squish it all together. Oh, you're so clever with yes, your hashtag. Thank you, thank you. Give me your best Ben Farley, Ben Farley, Ben Farley memory. Uh my best Ben Farley memory. Um, the best that you can think of, given I've just thrown this at you. Thank you. Um, when, when Ben hosted us at the school last year, he had like a song picked out and did like a rap and all this stuff. And, uh, and then he wrote us each a letter and gave us each a gift that he gave us gifts, plural. Yeah. No, his, I think his letter, which we've still got somewhere I wanted to find and I'm not even sure I'd read out if I could find it, but it's somewhere in the house because we're going to scan it. But yeah, that would be an example of Ben's total intentionality. You ask Ben to do X and he does X plus plus. So, hey, Ben, could you, you know, we teach all our small group leaders how to host a speaker for the week. So, you know, they look at their bio, they introduce them, they are their runner for the week at the school, they introduce them. And so, you know, it wasn't, so Ben had seen all the staff do that when it was his turn. It just happened to be us that was speaking at the school that week, Mm -hmm. not uh, some famous speaker. But Ben went and, you know, again, nobody asked him to do any of this. This was just Ben going, oh, how can I do this brilliantly? Well, I don't even think he saw that. I just thought, how could he do it? And because he's brilliant, everything he did was brilliant. Yeah. So he had, he went and got me Fiji water Mm -hmm. because he knew it was my favorite water and it was square 
in a square bottle so it wouldn't roll off the podium because he noticed the bottles of water would roll off the podiums. He got us hot towels. To he did. In between that was amazing. Sessions, he'd bring up like steam towels for us to like, I mean, like, who thinks that? He's he, like, it's for your face. I was like, Ben, honey, I wear makeup. I put that on my face and I'm going to look like a raccoon. <laughs> <laughs> then he brought in his DJ decks and he had a theme song for us. Yeah. And then he wrote us those beautiful letters and gave us gift baskets. Like mine was hand-picked barbecue sauces, his favorite six barbecue sauces from around the South. Yeah. And I worked my way through every single bottle. He did. And it wasn't he just went to the grocery store and just pulled off six random ones. These were his. Uh, he like, I stand behind these. These are the best sauces. Yeah. I have. He got me a Williams and Snowman gift card. Right. So he, I mean, just so intentional and, and lovely. Yeah. I saw the jam, um, you know, the coffee shop in Nashville. That this morning they were giving away free Lucy Rizzo blueberry muffins because they said they were Ben's favorite muffins. And he was so in love with them that he'd buy way more than he needed just to give them away so that other people could experience them. <laughs> and I thought, it doesn't matter what Ben was into. He was an influencer to the max. Yeah. Whatever he was into, he would ensure that you were into too, just because of his love for it. And you wanted to be into it because he was so enthusiastic about things. Mm -hmm. I think the most amazing thing about Ben is, you know, his dad at the funeral today, I was fine till Mr. Farley started speaking and then I just lost it. But he was just saying, I watched my son go through the most horrific things and I never, ever saw him complain. Seven years of cancer eating away his body and all the tests and the procedures that go with it, none of them pleasant. A whole lot of, you know, experimental stuff. And he said he just never, never complained. And I think that was the amazing thing. As a pastor, it's hard not to compare people's trauma. So you would go from being with Ben on Monday and he's maybe just been told by the doctors he has three months to live. I'll come back to that in a second. And then you meet with somebody who's upset because the boy that they thought that really liked them doesn't actually like them, even though the boy doesn't even know that they exist and never actually communicate. And you, you, you have to go, you have to not go, dear God, pull yourself together, woman, because that's a real thing to them. But in relation to where poor Ben's heart is, you're just like, you don't have cancer, you're not dying. But in Ben conveying to us his heart of what was going on, never once was there any sense of drama or... Or anything, he, you know, he no. seems so detached. And Ben wasn't like that. Like, people would come up to him and ask for prayer for a cold. And it's not like he was right. like, you know, are you kidding me? You want prayer for a cold? I've got cancer. I mean, it's not like he was like that at all. He'd be like, yes, you know. And he'd see people get healed of stuff. That's right. It was amazing. One of his sermons that he did as a student was yeah, on healing. On healing. And he loved yeah. to pray for healing. And he would yeah. see. That's, and I just think that the dichotomy of what he was going through, and yet his spirit was so joyful and so happy. He, he, he yeah, remarkable. I mean. He would have, by all rights, do you know what I mean? If if he had been, gosh, I mean, he just wasn't negative or anything. You would not know to look at him or talk to him that he was going through what he was going through. No, not at all. You know, he didn't. He didn't feel sorry for himself. He didn't. Nothing. It's just amazing. The last text I got from Ben, I think it was it was almost the last text. But I didn't know he was in hospice at this point. But he'd just been moved to hospice where he, you know, later died in hospice. And he sent me a text. It was early Saturday morning. And the, I think this sums up. He's towards the end of his life. He's, um, you know, clearly dying. He's aware that he's dying. 
And this is what he said. He said, Hey, Alan, I wish I could send this in a more formal way than a text, but I'm not really up to writing in any other way at the moment. No matter what seems to happen or what doubt tries to come at me, I cannot seem to doubt the goodness of God. It's just impossible for me to see him as bad. No matter what happens in life, no matter how much pain or suffering there seems to be, my mind will not even let me go down that road. I was just thinking, Lord, how how did he have that resolute passion on a revelation of your goodness? When at times it feels like, you know, we're huge proponents of the goodness of God, but we can get fickle. Oh, they've run out of chocolate milk. Oh, my day is ruined. You know, <laughs> and you're just like, get a grip, Jones. And so, but that was testimony to Ben's inward focus and his love of Jesus that Amazing. was just remarkable. Mm-hmm. I am earlier this week uh, in preparing for the funeral, I asked people to write in and just, you know, tell me some stories about Ben and the way the funeral ended up going. I, I, sorry, I didn't actually use any of the stories. I felt like the Holy Spirit said go in a different direction, but I wanted to share some of them. I hope that's okay. I guess people shared them knowing they'd been used, they'd be used publicly anyway. So they're just being used publicly here. So, well, this great story, um, two stories here from Quinn. Did I have a couple of stories, not the most dramatic, but they say something about Ben. First one was when we were treasure hunting in Kroger. By the way, treasure hunting, for those of you who are not familiar with that, is um, an evangelism, um, not technique, but something Tool. something we encourage yeah. at the school, where basically people go out in twos and threes or maybe small teams, and before you go out, you ask the Lord for a place, a person, you know, person's name, a, a melody, a situation, or whatever. And then you go to that place, you look for the person, and then you just wander up to them and say, hey, I'm on a treasure hunt. I think you might be one of my clues. Do Does anything on my sheet of paper mean anything to you? And so basically you're looking for people that you can encourage through prophetic um, evangelism, healing, or, yeah. Healing, yeah. Yeah, or share the gospel. Mm-hmm. So anyway, first one was when we were treasure hunting in Kroger. Uh, it was a supernatural. It was supernatural evangelism week, I think, and this was our homework. So we were out on a Friday night have, after having fortified ourselves at Chick Fil A. We're wandering around Kroger and we see this guy on crutches. He's on crutches because his left leg, from the knee downwards, is missing. Just then, Ben's phone rings, so he takes the call. It's one of his buddies. It was always one of his buddies, probably because he had like one and a half million buddies. And he's saying, yeah, bro, dude, I got to go. I'm in Kroger with Quinn, and we're about to see someone's leg grow out. I almost passed out. (laughs) (laughs) But that was the zeal and the passion and the faith which Ben would approach everything. The second one was when I met him for breakfast in the pancake pantry. We got this small table which had four chairs around it. He took a seat, and I took a seat immediately to his right, i.e. not facing him. After I'd sat down, he got up and changed places, so he was directly opposite me. I then realized influencers really do need eye contact. (laughs) (laughs) You ready for another one? Yeah. This is from Micah Antonitis. Probably my favorite Ben memory is when we were on outreach with School of Supernatural Life last spring at Auburn. We were on Ben's home turf and he was pumped. One afternoon I just tagged along while he made his rounds around campus to connect with people, old friends and his favorite places. Everywhere we went we ran into friends. Everywhere. I already knew Ben was a living legend, but he was sealing the deal right in front of my eyes. We stopped by his old fraternity house, where he was intent upon finding the house moms who cooked and cleaned so that he could pray with them. 
They were overjoyed to see Ben. They both had pain in their backs and knees from standing and working all day, so we prayed with them. They were so grateful and full of joy in life, just like Ben. They both felt better and wouldn't stop hugging us. Not just Ben, but both Ben and I. I was a friend of Ben's, so I was their friend too. This moment so epitomized my experiences with Ben. With Ben, I was always getting into fun, uplifting, supremely human and surprising social situations, which I would never have found myself in otherwise. And I always came away happier. He carried joy in his bones, he grabbed hold of faith and stepped into the fun of the kingdom. He, against all odds, chose life at every turn and he brought everyone along for the ride. Oh, that's lovely, Micah. I, you know, the funeral this afternoon, I was sharing this verse, which I said, and I agree with, if there's a verse in the Bible that perfectly sums up Ben's character and Ben's attitude, it would be First Peter 3.15. It says this, Through thick and thin, keep your hearts at attention in adoration before Christ your Master. Always be prepared to give an answer to everyone who asks you, give the reason for the hope that you have. Hmm. Again, against all odds, Ben had this incredible hope that he never let go of and would share with every single person that came in contact with him. What was the other verse that you read this morning at the funeral? I think it's maybe from Corinthians or something. Oh, in Philippians? One of the Ians, anyway. Yeah, one of the Ians. Uh, Paul says, you you know, I forget how the NIV puts it, but the message says this, Alive, I'm Christ's messenger, and dead, I'm his bounty. Life versus even more life, I cannot lose. Yeah, that's lovely. And Ben used to say that. He said, you know, he used to say that, you know, Alan, when doctors tell you that you're going to die, it's not life and death, it's life and life. He said, you know, after like the third or fourth time of being told, hey, you've got three months to live, (laughs) he said, you start believing them anyway. Mm Mm-hmm. And he, you know, even towards the end, he was just like, you know, if I get healed, that's awesome. If I don't get healed, it's even more awesome. I go to be with him in glory. Tell tell the dream that you had just before he died. Yeah, it was last week. And uh, in the dream, it was so vivid. In the dream, it was from the perspective of coming into heaven, kind of like coming off of an escalator into heaven. Right. And ahead of me was... Uh, this huge balloon arch, you know, those um, balloon arches that they make for parties. Sure. Um, but it was rainbow and it was massive. It was like 200 feet tall and there was balloons and people everywhere. Like it looked like it was the president's birthday. There was so much activity and so many things, you know, it was an obvious celebration. Right. And there was hundreds and hundreds of people. And, um, I looked over to the right, and there was these two men standing there. And so in the dream, I was like, Lord, who are those men? And he said, they're Paul and Silas. And I was like, wow, like, what are the, you know, what, why are, what, Paul and Silas why are they there? here? And, yeah. and he's basically a memo had gone out, like, that somebody famous was coming to heaven. And I, I knew, you know, I just, I knew that they were just waiting for Ben, you know, that they'd, the memo had gone out that somebody famous was coming. And it's funny, I mean, we've talked about it this week. Was heaven ready for Ben? You know, <laughs> I'm sure heaven is a large. lot more fun now that Ben's there. <laughs> Dance parties and... <laughs> it's a strange mix of emotions, isn't it? Because you're very sad that Ben's no longer with us. Yeah. But you're equally as joyful that he's no longer in pain. And then you're 
you know, slightly jealous that he is in heaven. Mm. And that's a radical thought. I remember thinking up, you know, waking up Tuesday and getting the phone call that Ben had just passed away and just thinking, oh, he real time is now in heaven. Yeah. The kingdom that he so loved to preach about is where he is right now. And then, of course, there's the grief and the sorrow that you feel, especially for his family, who've lost, you know, a brother and, and a son. And in the midst of all of that, life has to continue. You still have, you know, you still have to yeah. cook meals. And, yeah. you know, it's just a, such a bizarre week. But we love Ben Farley and we love his family. And, um, if you knew Ben, you know exactly how we're feeling. And if you didn't know Ben, I'm really sorry you didn't get to know him. He was absolutely amazing. And two two thoughts for you. Oh. One, somebody this week, and I maybe you'll remember who it was, said, you know, because heaven is outside of time, it's a split second before we see him again. Right. You know. For him. Hmm. Um the other thing is I loved in, in the obituary for Ben, one of the things that they said was, you know, do something nice for somebody. Because Ben was always doing something nice for somebody, you know, going out of his way to bless someone or be helpful or be a source of joy. And right. so they said, you know, hey, do something nice for somebody and then send them a, an email and say, what did you do in, in Ben's name, you know? Oh, I and love that. I, I love it that his family... I mean, his family is just amazing. And and even in the midst of all of this, they're still thinking, what would Ben have done? You know, what mm-hmm. would what would honor him the most? What's, you know, what, what could be part of his legacy? Right. Um, just, yeah, amazing family. And I mean, his legacy, you know, as you say, you're saying today at the funeral, we... Uh, some friends of ours went to Africa and in some <laughs> remote village, somebody was wearing a team Ben bracelet. You know, it's Ben's reach was really, really, really far. Yeah, really was. Well, baby, not to end on a, I hope that's not an, a, a downer. It's not a downer. It's awesome. You know, Ben is amazing and he loves the King and the King loves him and he's with him right now. He's with him. Yeah. And we get to see him, like you say, in a blink of an eye. And, um, if Ben on his deathbed could rejoice in the goodness of God, yeah, then we push back all our circumstances and just say, God, you're good and you're kind and you're amazing. Yeah. So guys, I hope you have an amazing week, a phenomenal week, and we will see you next week, same time, same place. Yeah.